thing as rehearsing with a band, how long does it normally take you to get the levels to what, you th what you're happy with? Um, if it's a good singer, it can be lit as little as two minutes, you know, it can be that quick. It's like, yeah, band's playing well, vocals sitting nicely on there, then it's just have a listen, have a wander around the venue. It's very important to wander around the venue, especially um, arenas, especially because the sound can be very different. Mm. And that's where the areas of compromise come with audio, that you have to decide on an overall best sound. And mm. sometimes that's not particularly easy. Mm. So it, it's, it's using your ears. It's walking around using your ears, sit in some different seats, get an idea of the dynamic of the singer in the band, then try and ma you know, marry the two together. So, and so how, when, when I'm working with the you know doing a rehearsal and we're working getting the sound right or i tend to not say anything for maybe 10 minutes unless there's an obvious yeah, problem yeah, yeah. particularly yeah. if the monitors if i can't yeah. hear it but i tend to not say anything because i'm assuming that the sound guy's fiddling around and i want to to give him or her chance to get it yeah. what they consider yeah. right and so I can start doing because I know years ago, as soon as we start, I start saying, "Oh no, no, no! It's too this, it's too that." Yeah. But they, only, they, they, they know that they haven't even got around to, to doing yeah. it yet. Yeah, I mean, give it a bit of time because it, you know, certainly with digital boards, they're they're not as quick to operate on as the older analog style boards. So it, you might have to go through several pages of menus just to tweak EQs, reverbs, monitor sends. So you know, it can take a little bit of time. You know, mm. sometimes you push, you're lucky, you push the vocal fader up and go. Fantastic, yeah. you know. And w again, for a lot of singers, I think, and, and, and instrumentalists that don't really know much about sound. I mean, I'm, sometimes I'll come out and I'll listen in the house, and it's not quite right. It's not what I, what it doesn't sound right to me. But I don't have the vocabulary and I don't know the technical phrases to sort of explain yeah. to the sound guy what I'm yeah. what I'm missing, you know. Yeah. Um, so it's, sometimes it's difficult to know how to explain what, yeah. what what's up. Yeah, that, yeah, that's a problem. Sometimes, you know, a singer will end up talking apples and I'm talking oranges, you know, and that, that is a problem. Communication, it can be a bit of a problem. So you, yeah, it's the, the, a lot of singers tend to talk in terms of colours and it's, whereas I talk in terms of frequency, you know, <laughs> and that's just something you, you, you have to talk to the singer or the artist and, you know, eventually you'll get there. I mean, I've taken singers on the console before with the microphone in. Yeah, let's do it. You, you, I'll, I'll twiddle. You tell me when you're, you're happy with the tonality of the mic or the reverb or the effects or whatever we're yeah. putting on. So it's about communication. And what, you, what kind of words would it be good for singers to have in their vocabulary to try and, you know, make it easier to communicate with um, the sound person? I think it would be really nice, but sometimes a little knowledge is dangerous <laughs> because you've got to be really sure if you're going to talk in terms of frequencies and you know bandwidths and cues and you've got to be really certain what you're saying so then in layman's terms you know without without using any kind of technical words like the other day what did i say to you i, I was i said i think it needs more presence and i didn't yeah. i didn't really know if that was the right word so, you know, to use you know well presence to me means high-end frequencies you know 6k 6000 hertz up right and it just gives you that little sparkled at it because that's probably that might be what technically that it needed but yeah. i was thinking you that know it sounded to me like i don't know the voice was, was coming from somewhere yeah. else in the room and i wanted it to sound in the audience like i was sitting next yeah. to everybody singing to them is it was that the right word to use yeah i think it was yeah i think because i did that and you, you kind of we kind of settled down then and um what you've got to be careful of with with sound checks and setting levels I, I tend to let, as long as I know I'm happy with the sound of everything, sometimes bands don't play properly in sound checks. So you can end up getting a great sound in the sound check, 
then come show, that whole dynamic has changed. You mean it's got louder? It's got it's got louder or quieter in certain areas. You know, it yeah, it it can change. So that's why you have a mixing desk. Mm. That's my job is then to correct mm. it for show. And if that means running downstairs in, in the middle of a song, that's mm. that's what you got to do. And does it make a big difference when the audience is in yeah. a room? I, I hear that, but yeah. explain that. Well, ab- absolutely. I mean, if you if you look at a venue like the O2 Arena in London, they when the auditorium is empty, they've designed the seats that flip up, and they've got acoustic absorption in them that mimics fairly closely a person so we can do a sound check in there and no it's not going to be too much different or very different for show that's cool so it does yeah in arenas massively theaters not as much because they tend to be quite acoustically dead anyway Um, but yeah it does it's it's bound to change you're putting all this absorptive material in a room and yeah of course that's it generally gets better with people in, in, certainly in arenas, in larger concert halls. So really, as a, as a performer, I shouldn't worry too much about the levels of things. I should just you know, try, and, try and be happy that there's a, a, a good general mix and yeah. then let you worry about yeah. changing it when yeah, people are in. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. As long as you're, yeah, we, you, I'm looking to get in the right ballpark and then I know, OK, I'm happy with everything. We can call, I mean, on some tours, we don't even sound check. We don't even sound check with, with professionals. Don't bother. Because it changes so much with people in, yeah. we've you know we've been doing the tour for six months. We know exactly what's going on. Yeah. You know, bands don't want to come in any more than they have to. You know, yeah. so very often we'll go straight into show. Yeah. But you know, we've got backline guys, backline technicians who can all play drums or play guitar. We'll do a check in the day, and then we just go straight into show. The thing I like with a singer is if I don't have to do too much work in terms of. <laughs> In terms That's of, a good answer. In terms of compression or effects, if I'm finding I'm having to chase and EQ different songs, then there's something not right with the, over the singer's technique. As long as the singer's got a good technique, then for me, it's, it should be very easy. We talked about communication before. Yeah. I mean, do you find that singers can sometimes just be getting a bit stroppy and with, oh, with yeah. this, and taking it out on the sound guy when oh. perhaps that's it's, it's not nothing to do with the sound. The problems are nothing to. Yeah. There might even be the, 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 the problem might be the singer. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, that's uh, I've seen singers chuck a microphone into the audience, you know, and that's a thousand pound radio mic just just gone, you know. Where they what just for fun or because out of temper? Well, because they're just temper, you know. It's like yeah, and that's where again communication comes in. You know, I can't name certain names yeah. of people, but um, some very big singers are incredibly difficult to work with. They even have guys on the tour on standby for when he sacks someone else. <laughs> so it just becomes a rotor system of yeah. you know whoever is. Not, luckily, not too many of those can be a real problem. I think sometimes when I, when I hear those kind of stories, it's because they're you know insecure and just full of nerves, and it's just their way of venting yeah. it, right? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You know, um, certainly the bigger the, the bigger artists, you know, they can become kind of cocooned in their own world, you mm. know, surrounded by it's not mince words, sycophants, mm. and they've got nobody, and they yeah they vent it on the band, on the crew. And it's really not a pleasant working environment. Mm. You don't mm. people don't go back to those tours because mm. there's plenty of other um, artists out there, you know. Mm. So, so you got any tips for singers, particularly coming onto ships? Might be for the first time, you know, the first time. That it was obviously a little bit daunting for them working with the the, the band and the lighting guy and the sound technicians for yeah. the first time. Yeah, I think don't be intimidated. You know, that's that's the key. It's easy for you to see. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, um, a good thing to do, certainly on ships, they tend to be smaller theatres, 800 capacity. Um, have a walk into the room with your microphone. Have a listen. Then it, that kind of lets the sound guy know you're a little bit more serious about the audio. You know, you're not just going up there, going through the motions. 
you know, and have a listen to your stage sound, listen, you know, and, and don't be scared to ask. Don't mm. be scared to ask. If he's a good sound engineer, he'll help you out. We're on, you know, we work on the same team. Mm. We all want a good show. I don't want complaints at the end of the show. Mm. I want you, you know, yourself or anyone to have a good show. Once you engage someone, whether it's, a, if he's a good sound engineer, you engage them, that becomes, that's the enjoyment of the job. That's, we don't do it just to go, right, time's up, I'm going for lunch, you know. Mm. I'd rather stay a bit longer and get it right. And it's, it's it, yeah, it becomes more positive. Mm. What is this uh, mystical DFA button I've heard about? It does f*** all. <laughs> Tell me about that. Well, it's a, a technique employed when you've, you've basically got to the end of your tether and the, the artist or musician is asking for, and you just sort of look at them, pretend to turn a knob, and suddenly, because I've told them it, they've heard it. They think they've heard that change. Oh, so you say, is that, is that any better? And they say, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. And they say, what did you do to that? Yeah. And it, we've done nothing. DFA. <laughs> Sounds good. Thanks for talking to us today. No, absolutely. My pleasure. Thank you for listening to this Cabaret Secrets podcast. If you've got any comments or questions, please visit cabaretsecrets.com where you'll also find details of the Cabaret Secrets book, an indispensable guide on how to create your own show, travel the world, and get paid to do what you love.